do you think UFOs, the paranormal, weird history, cryptozoology, and outsider art are pretty darn cool? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to High Strangeness with your host, Steve Berg. Hello everyone, welcome to High Strangeness. Tonight, my guest is Jeremiah Byron. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Jeremiah. Jeremiah lives in Iowa and is the host and producer of the Bigfoot Society podcast. I love it. Never miss an episode. Bigfoot Society provides a platform for those who have had an encounter with Sasquatch to share their sighting in a respected and safe environment. You can contact Jeremiah to share your account by emailing him at BigfootSociety at gmail.com. Jeremiah, buddy, thank you so much. Hey, Steve. Good to, good to see you again. Uh, it's fun chatting with you. Man. You're just a delight to talk to. Oh, you stop. You are, friend. I'll tell you, let me, I just want to tell uh, my listeners how we met. Actually, I was, uh, I'd recently moved back to Omaha and heard about this wonderful event that was taking place a couple hours away from Omaha in a town called Van Meter, Iowa. And if you can't guess what we're going to say, it was a, a festival honoring and celebrating the wonderful Van Meter visitor. And Jeremiah was there and he had a wonderful looking booth and it said bigfoot society and i was like oh my god i love this guy already so we kind of chat a little bit you know and you know a couple months later or i don't know even a couple months but you had me on your show and we had a great time chatting it was it was so much fun um the i remember when i you, you came out of nowhere up to my booth and it is like just like immediate energy and i was like wow, this guy really is loving what he is doing and he is loving life right now. And I was like, man, there's something really like, I can't put my finger on why this guy is familiar, but I figured that out later. But um, uh, it, it, it was just a, a pleasure to meet you. And uh, uh, thanks, I'm excited man. that you're going to be a speaker this year at the festival. Oh man, I am excited to do it. Uh, yeah, I was just the other day working on my lecture and I just have way too much stuff. And I'm trying to pare it down to like the, you know, the best of, cause I'm going to, I'm going to be talking about like weird Nebraska, 40 on a high strangeness, uh, all the stuff I love to talk about in this show, but I will be talking about some Bigfoot stuff too, because we have a Bigfoot scene in Nebraska historically and supposedly ongoing. And a little bit later, cause uh, you know, Jeremiah are border buddies. He lives in the wonderful, beautiful state of Iowa. And so we have something in common. You know, we're both kind of from the same general area. So it would be fun for us to kind of uh, compare notes a little bit about uh, the subject of Bigfoot and cryptids. Absolutely. Jeremiah, dude, this is great. Thank you so much. And I just want to say something really quick because it made me laugh so hard. But then after I stopped laughing, I was actually asked myself, like, huh, is he? does he have something here? You posted on, I believe it was Twitter, that, hey, this UFO disclosure stuff, this is great. But now I'm ready for Bigfoot disclosure, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I thought like, oh, that's funny. And then I was kind of thinking for a second, like, hey, man, maybe he has something here, because if we are to suppose there is the potentiality for this entity known as Bigfoot to exist, which I absolutely think there's something to it, um, then you would think the government would have some sort of data or the forestry service would have some, some sort of data and maybe a, a little bit more evidence than, you know, a guy like you and I would have. Do you think there's something to actually to like the government or the forest service having any kind of, you know, information? I, I think so. Just because there's all these, you know, stories that you hear of, of, 
of forestry officials and park rangers that have actually seen Bigfoot. And some of them, mm-hmm. you know, actually talk about it and don't care. But yeah, that, that, uh, I was having one of those nights on Twitter and I was like, you know what? I'm just so frustrated. Like, why can't we have the amazing things that the UFO community has? And I, I put stuff right. out there and I put it out there. And, yeah. um, so did you follow any of the UIP stuff? Oh, oh, dude, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Okay. I was all over it, man. So I was like, you know, uh, Tim Burchett, mm-hmm. the, you yeah. know, dad gummit, dad nabbit guy. Oh yeah. He's such a cool dude. And I was like calling him out on Twitter and I was like, oh, there's no way this will turn into anything. <laughs> I was like, Hey, you know, Tim Burchett, how about we like, you know, how about make something happen, right? And like he actually ended up following me on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh boy, I've Icarus too far <laughs> to the sun again." Um, but the cool thing is, is that if you search, uh, you know, if you do a Google search on uh, on uh, Mr. Burchett, he actually has an interesting. Uh, he's interested into the uh, Bigfoot uh, subculture in Tennessee, so. Maybe there could mm. be something there where, you know, he could be interested. But a few people also did send some interesting um, encouragement, my, encouragement my way. The UFO community is is rather encouraging at times. Uh, they were like, yeah, can't, well, can't be. well, why don't you guys just kind of work with us? And, you know, with our powers combined, we can be like a captain planet and try to get this UAP thing really going. And then maybe in the future, you know, we can have the Bigfoot time as well. And it was an interesting point. You know, we don't, we want to make sure that everyone's focused on the, the same goal. And maybe right now is definitely right. the UAP thing. Right. But I don't know. Well, I mean, I have, you know, kind of mixed feelings. Well, I find, I found the whole hearing wildly exciting. Mm. Watched it with my mom. We had coffee. It was so fun. I do worry that people are, their expectations are going to be crushed because <laughs> i i'm not sure what more is really going to come out of this because it's just a lot of the the stories that grush and these guys told were really identical to the same stories we've been hearing for 50 years you know yeah. so it's uh i mean like until we see like real evidence i'm like cool stories and it is neat to hear them talk about it in congress i never thought i'd see that day but like until we see some sort of evidence, I'm like, I'm just going to like sit back and watch, you know, and see what happens. But can you imagine being a viewer or someone in that room and that's the first time you ever heard any of that stuff? Oh, yeah. man, it would just yeah. be like your your head would just be explode. You'd well, you know, game over. you're right. And I actually think, you know, you, may, you bring up a good point because I do think you can kind of see some of the like – contain shock on some of the, the politicians faces were like oh uh crashed ufos with occupants potentially like hmm. Hmm. like there there are some paradigm shifting going on there absolutely <laughs> maybe so <laughs> well i'll tell you what like in in all like in all realness like i that your your tweet did make me think and i was like hey man like they if there if there is a bigfoot flesh and blood running around out there then they have to have some kind of data, some like real, real good juicy video. Oh, you some know, dude. Harrison Gimlin s stuff. Come on. Oh, man. you you know it's out there. Like Ooh. they're probably just like they're they're quaking in their boots. They're like, oh, maybe 
maybe the Bigfoot community is they're they're too wimpy to try to push it like the UFO <laughs> guy does. Maybe we're gonna get away with this. I don't know, guys. Well, maybe they're even using the the UFO. Oh, maybe like you know the the UAP disclosure thing will like you know satiate the, all those people because the Bigfoot disclosure is one we don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the gravity is even bigger. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah. I mean, like. Good Lord, I would absolutely love it. And I think you are the activist we need in this um, in this movement. I nominate well, you, you as okay. leader of the Bigfoot Disclosure Movement Let's do right it. here, right now. Let's do it, man. <laughs> oh, man, I'm in. So really quick, you know, you're from Iowa. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I want to just kind of bring up this. You gave last year at the uh, Van Meter Conference, you gave an incredible lecture about this Iowa research team back, you know, back decades ago. And so you're obviously kind of, you know, in touch with the scene, what's going on in Iowa. And is there a good, like a pretty good historical uh, scene or, you know, accounts of Bigfoot being around in Iowa? Yeah, definitely. There's, um, there's a book that you can get right now. There's, there's about one book for Iowa Bigfoot that is uh, fantastic by David Weatherly. And I want to say it's mm. uh, Monsters of the Hawkeye State. I think that's wrong. But if you look up Hawkeye and David Weatherly on Amazon, you'll find it. It's got the Van Meter Visitor on the cover. But it's got about 80 pages in uh, about the Bigfoot history in the state. And it's incredible. So I highly recommend it. But just reading that book sent me on this this crazy journey about is something called the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. And then I'm like, man, was this a place that actually existed in Des Moines? Because I don't remember seeing it downtown. And then, I mean, it just ended up the craziest rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it turned into a uh, a pretty wild uh, conversation at the Vameter Visitor Festival. But the cool thing is that, you know, back in the late 70s, uh, in Iowa, well, all over the place, there were these Bigfoot sighting flaps, I guess you could say. But in Iowa specifically, there were a lot of Bigfoot sightings, especially up in Humboldt County, uh, which is north of Des Moines, and then in southeast mm-hmm. Des Moines as well. But there's these two guys uh, that Clifford Lebrecht and Kevin Cook, and in the late 70s, they started what's called the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. And they had these other guys working with them too. And they show up in all these like newspapers from the Des Moines Register and all these other newspapers that had Bigfoot sightings. It was pretty much like they had this little X-Files thing going on. And it got to the point where the area law enforcement agencies were like, oh, it's another Bigfoot thing. All right, call the big Iowa Bigfoot Information Center guys. And they were just oh, like these awesome. 20-year-old dudes that were just going around looking uh, for, for Bigfoot. And it got to the point where they were like, we're going to build our own Bigfoot museum in Iowa. And so, uh, Clifford, he got in touch with this guy who was this museum quality sculptor taxidermy type dude. And if you've been to the, I believe it's the museum of American, uh, no natural history in Washington DC. You've got the big African mm-hmm. elephant on display, that big sculpture. That's the same guy. Uh he's from originally from Iowa and so Clifford got in touch with him and had him make this life-size Bigfoot 
taxidermy sculpture based on what Clifford had seen during a Bigfoot encounter in Clive, uh, Iowa. So they were going around the Midwest uh, with this huge Bigfoot sculpture statue thing. You got to look up a picture of it in this big trailer with all these footprints and and they were just going everywhere to try to raise money to be the first Bigfoot museum. They were even Unreal. at the state fair in the 70s. They had a Bigfoot um, set up. And so when I was asking around in different Iowa history Facebook groups, this guy came up to, the, well, this guy sent me a message. He was like, yeah, I remember that in the 70s. Let me go up to my attic, my my." Uh, my parents still have the shirt that they bought me from that. So it was like this old school seventies, like, like I, uh, Bigfoot lives, Iowa Bigfoot information center type, no way. uh, shirt. And like, it was all kind of like ragged and torn. Cause it was from the seventies. It was very cool. Uh, spoiler alert. They did not make the Iowa Bigfoot information center, unfortunately, because they weren't able to raise enough money, but it's just, it's a, it's a fascinating account. <clears throat> The cool thing, well, okay. Uh, keep in mind, these guys in the 70s, they were, you know, mid-20s, late-20s. At this point in history, current day, you know, they're they're pretty old, right? And so I was looking yeah. up Cliff, Clifford, and I was like, maybe he's still around. Uh, I found his obituary because he had actually passed away the year before. Oh, and I was bummer. like, uh so I was trying to make this like awesome, like audio documentary series for my Patreon. And so I was like getting really deep, like putting the red lines on the, the board, you know, when you do uh, the, the theories and all that. And um, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I was at the end, at the end of my rope and I was like, man, I can't find any more info. I don't think there's anything else. And then I, I remember I was recording an episode and I just happened to refresh on the obituary page for Clifford Lebrecht. And there was a new entry that said, from Kevin Cook. And it was like, uh, I remember, you know, hanging out with Clifford and like going around looking at Bigfoot stuff. I'm sorry to see that he's passed away. And I was like, holy mackerel, he's still alive. And it was like, you know, in Back to the Future when it's like the doc's alive type scene yeah and I was like, that's quite the synchronicity uh, it was it was really intense so it gave me i was like i gotta find this guy so i like googled every kevin cook that i could <laughs> and it got really crazy because i was like calling phones and like leaving messages yeah. and i was like hey this is weird but if you had a bigfoot thing back in the 1970s <laughs> i'd love to talk to you and like he actually called like he left me a message back he was he sent me a text he was like okay, we can talk because I'm the dude. And so I talked to him on the phone. And the first thing he said, he was like, uh, who are you? And how did you find out that I used to be into Bigfoot? Because he hadn't done Bigfoot stuff for like 40 years and never told wow. anyone. And it was just enough on wow. the internet that I found him. So be careful that what you is... put in the internet. But yeah, well, it's too late for all of us now. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but so, did you? Were you, but were you able to converse with him at all? Yeah, like, I had a great conversation with him um, about to kind of fill in the blanks, right? And um, 
it was it was really cool. So he he's an older gentleman. So there was a, a few things he couldn't remember, but I was right. you know my big question was like, what happened to the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center? Like, can you fill in the blanks about you know what happened at the very end? And so it, it's it's kind of a sad story, but you know um, Cliff had ended up being divorced and ended up moving out of state down to the south. When Cliff moved away, everything pretty much just fell apart. Uh, and then Kevin was pretty yeah. much like, well, I'm, I'm going to get an actual job, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and so that's history, right? That, that's what it is. Yeah. And then my question was, well, what happened to the big Bigfoot statue? Yes. Right? So then that was my like side quest that I was trying to figure out, where's the Bigfoot statue? And I was talking to everyone all over the place, all the like Bigfoot researcher guys, no one knew. So I tracked Clifford down to where he ended up, which was down in like uh, somewhere in Arkansas. And I was like calling everyone. And it even got to the point where I started calling people in his town uh, because like I knew he had passed away, but I was like, man, this guy, probably people in the town knew him. So I was like calling government offices and I called, I think I called the UPS store for Oh, because it was it was mentioned in the obituary, uh, the UPS store, and um, they left a note on his obituary. They were like, "We're sorry to see uh, Cliff go." So I called him up, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, he had a he had a house around this area, and um, pretty much." I'm trying to remember how much I can actually say, but long story short, it ends up that. His house goes up for sale and his house had just been staying vacant for quite a while. And the Bigfoot statue was in there the whole time. <gasps> wow. Just hanging out, right? And so another episode I had is I talked to David Becerra from the um, Expedition Bigfoot Museum in Georgia because unbeknownst to me, this whole time, David Becerra, who had been a really good friend with uh, Clifford Lebrecht, was on this crazy quest to get the Bigfoot statue, the Bigfoot taxidermy. And so he finally ends, ends up purchasing it uh, for, um, a potential, um, for a museum in the future. So uh, right. it, it'll be used in, in the future. Um Oh, good. But it's very cool. And my question to him was like, did you did you see any of the um the question for Kevin was what happened to the tracks? What happened to the reports from Iowa about Bigfoot? What happened to everything in the trailer? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um when when Clifford had left Iowa, he kind of he took he took everything, right? And so right. Then we get to the point where David Becerra is involved. So I asked David, hey, besides the statue, did you find tracks from Iowa? Did you find reports? Did you find all this good stuff? And he's like, dude, it's all gone. Oh. Someone stole it. Like he couldn't what? He could only find some of the posters that they used to sell at the state fair. And I was like heartbroken because like yeah, that's awful. how terrible is that? Like so close to all this Iowa Bigfoot. Yeah like oh. history and it's just someone broke in took it all burned it something like that 
Except for the statue. Like, Thankfully, why, the statue was why, there. My question is of like the if you know if it's a burglar you know you run the mill burglar why are they going through files you know right <laughs> like, yeah like why would they care i know it, oh, it's man, just like oh, such a bummer, so close dude. but it was very cool being able to talk to kevin uh he's just a very he's a cool guy he really uh and i respect his privacy so it, it'll never be an actual interview on uh bigfoot society uh right but it was a cool like me being able to talk to him and, and work that into the presentation yeah so. that's that's it gives you kind of some resolution at least really like the journey you went on yeah. that i love well yeah when you gave that lecture at the band meter conference i just thought it was fantastic i was just captivated because i love you know even though it's not directly dealing with the with bigfoot or a phenomenon of any kind it is the history of exactly like, the people the sociocultural history of mm-hmm. you know iowa bigfoot scene and you're the one to do it, man. I mean, like, you know, it's like I, I kind of like have taken upon myself to really try to document as much Nebraska weirdness. You're the Nebraska dude. As possible. You are. Well, <laughs> there's, I don't think I mean, there's I mean, I'm I am uh, one of the guys, whatever, or people. Um, but it's really important to me, you know, whether you are into this stuff or not, or even if you look at all of, like folklore but to document it because these stories are really important of the fabric of what makes up a location. Mm-hmm. So I really applaud you because I feel like it, it, what always like stresses me out is kind of like the same story you were mentioning about the burglary. There was a guy from a Fordian society in Lincoln and a Fordian is a kind of all purpose weirdo for my listeners. If you don't know what that means, I probably say the word a lot, but uh, yeah, they're into UFOs, Bigfoot ghosts, everything under that umbrella. Anyways, he, uh, he was starting to give me files, right? And then COVID hit, he got sick, mm-hmm. not from COVID, from something else and passed away. And I talked to his friend and he said, all of it ended, ended up on the, at the end of his driveway, went to a dumpster. <gasps> and I was like, no, no, we're talking like he had like 80 years worth of history. I mean, like really precious stuff. Oh no. And honestly, I, I like lost. I know if I, <laughs> I can see the look on your face. It's, it is horrifying. And it like uh. has upset me. So I, since then I've learned my lesson just like, man, if you feel like you can get some old stories or some old accounts like you have to attack it now you can't wait on that stuff i've never felt so kicked in the face in my entire life like i am absolutely (laughs) just like horrified and i'm not even part of it and like i can't imagine how you were oh (laughs) yeah well i mean you know but you know if you think about so like jeremiah and i only live like a couple hours away really and like you know i feel like your history is kind of mixed in with my history like what is what does a border even mean right um yeah, but so Iowa, I you know has a history of all kinds of strange stuff. You know, there's the v- Velisca Axe Murder House, oh, there's yeah. the Malvern like haunted place. Mm. You know, there's tons of old UFO cases going way back. In you know, I, I I keep tabs on Iowa and still ongoing. And um, but Bigfoot is a thing too, and I feel like a lot of people, Jeremiah, like don't really realize that in the Midwest we have a Bigfoot culture. It gets wild, and it's. It's wild, right? And I think people think like, oh, it's only in, you know, the Pacific Northwest, like Ohio, Pennsylvania, some place on the East Coast. But we're kind of the forgotten middle <laughs> of uh, of like cryptozoology. And there is a pretty darn rich history. Oh, yeah. uh, so w- one of my questions to you is, I guess, before we get into other detailed questions, is that how did you get into Bigfoot? Because it's not like, you know, as a kid who was into it, it I, I, I didn't have a lot of friends who cared yeah. about it. <laughs> Uh, well, originally, so I grew up in Western Massachusetts and, uh, as a, as a young child, uh, 
my dad would watch a lot of weird stuff on TV. And so I would watch it with him. So it's the whole story where it's like reruns of In Search Of and Unsolved Mysteries and all that. And then during high school, I was like, oh, this isn't cool. Like, I forget this stuff. But then I come, I move out to Iowa and I start working for Apple. And this is like around um, mid 2010s, whatever. And I meet all these dudes that are cool and weird and I embrace my weirdness again, right? And so I'm talking to some of my buddies and they're like, at the same time, we both see this article in the the register and it's like talking about this festival in Van Meter and I'm like, oh, we've got like a cryptid in Van Meter and there's a festival about, this is amazing. And my buddy Andrew at the same time starts working with Small Town Monsters for a documentary to um, interview people for uh, Terror in the Skies, which is a great, uh, great Thunderbird, et cetera, it, it documentary by them. And so yep. he's like, hey, do you want to come with me before the Van Meter Visitor Festival? And I'm interviewing some people about the Van Meter Visitor. And so I went there and I was like, oh, I'm just going to be in the, the background watching. It'll be fun, right? So at the last minute, Andrew is like, hey, I actually need you to do something. So I need you to be the guy off camera that that thinks of questions to get them to talk. And I was like, uh, okay. So I'd never done That's that. That's kind of a big job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so halfway through it, I like fell in love with it. Cause I'd never done interviewing before, but I was like, I absolutely love this. So that is like pretty much how I got really into Bigfoot society, which started out as a cryptid, cryptid, cryptozoology themed interview program. I would say about a year and a half ago, I started really getting more interested into the Bigfoot side of it. And I started getting friends with people like Tate Hieronymus, Jonathan Easley, Alex Petikoff, uh, really big names in the up-and-coming Bigfoot researcher scene. And so last year, uh, Tate actually got, he finally got me to go out Bigfooting with him in Iowa to a place, of course. Can I just say really quick, I'm sorry, there, there is a video oh, yeah. for people, yeah. I, which I watched the whole thing and I loved it. Yeah, exactly. There is a documentary where uh, Tate uh, Sasquatch uh, Search for Sabi, I believe it's called. But uh, there's an Iowa episode. It's fun. Um, but yeah, so he got me out there. And so we had some weird stuff happen. We had a tree pushed down outside our camp. I record some wood knocks at 345 in the morning. And then I have an audio of something unzipping my tent. I wasn't, Whoa. I didn't unzip my tent and go out. So something did is the That's weird thing. Horrifying. It messed me up for a, a few months. And then I talked to some people randomly for the podcast that were like, oh yeah, did you ever hear about the lady who was in the tent in Pacific Northwest and like a Bigfoot actually unzipped her tent? And then another guy was like, yeah, I was in Missouri and I had a Bigfoot un- unzip my stuff in camp. And I was like, oh no, I don't want all this like evidence that is similar to mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also just honestly, like the image of a Bigfoot being, de- uh, having the, you know, enough dexterity to like unzip a tent gently, like think about that image, you know, not, it's almost, it would almost be like less scary if it just ripped the tent open. But the fact that it's like, you know, making a little zipper open, mm. like that is like, t- that's really disturbing. So in a wonderful way. Yeah, it, it is very cool. I'm glad that, that, uh, that happened, Tate was like, you know, this kind of stuff doesn't happen your first time out. So don't get used to this. 
<laughs> but uh, so to answer your question, after that, I started with the uh, the power of hyper focus that I think we both have. Uh, I just mm. went deep, deep into the Bigfoot stuff, and now. I've switched Bigfoot Society to being a platform where I primarily talk to people that have had Bigfoot encounters to give them a platform to share uh -huh. because a lot of these guys, like, they literally haven't shared for, like, 20 years, and they're freaking right. out. And, like, a lot of them, after I talk to them, they'll be like, thank you, now I can go to sleep tonight. So yeah. it, it does make a huge difference in these these witnesses' well, lives. I You know, I would imagine, you know, sharing, you know, there is – a proven cathartic value to it. So yeah. uh, I can imagine it's probably like, you know, something they've had to harbor this like life changing event and not tell people because they're afraid of losing their job or, mm -hmm. you know, their family thing of their career. I mean, think, you know, that is the one downside to this phenomenon when people experience it. I feel like, although I would say because of, you, you know, people like you and your show, there is now a place where I think there's been a global weirding and people are yes. more open to <laughs> I agree with you. ideas that are a little, you know, unusual. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, a. I would say, I mean, if you think back like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, I think it was totally different, right? Mm -hmm. It was not as I accepted. So. Well, it's probably the finding Bigfoot thing. Once that came around, right. then it was like, got cool. Right. But prior to that, you know, well, yeah, you know, I, I was that was a question I had for you because someone who has, you know, I mean, like, I don't know anyone who has the pulse on Bigfoot history and current Bigfoot. So, like, you, you know, you are my friend who knows more about Bigfoot than anyone, anyone. And have you seen so the evolution? Because you know, I, I've, I've been noticing even when I'm driving out in rural Nebraska or in Omaha or even in LA when I'm back there, there are Bigfoot stickers everywhere. Bigfoot has become gone from kind of like a jokey thing to a thing that only like people were very serious about, but a small group of people, but now it's almost become like a folk hero. Yeah. No, Do you know what absolutely. I mean? Like Bigfoot is like, there's Bigfoot signs. There, there's like a neighbor I have like three blocks away who has a Bigfoot thing in their backyard. Yeah. And, and in same Omaha. here in, in my small town, there's a, a person where they have like a, a Bigfoot flag in their front year, yard. They're literally flying a Bigfoot flag. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, it, it is, it is the cool thing. You see them on all the, on all the cars and bumper stickers. And it's like, yeah, people are extremely, extremely into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And, and you wonder if, if that has something to do with UFOs, maybe becoming more, you know, like accepted by a mainstream view and, and if, are people just because they're more accepting of that, more accepting to ghosts and all the other stuff that falls in, into kind of the unexplained paranormal blanket, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think you, like, I wonder if one kind of elevates the other. Exactly. You know? I think you might have something there where it's like, everyone is seeing, okay, well, they got the UFO stuff out to Washington and now there's like government agencies and this is being taken pretty serious. So I'm pretty sure I can talk about my weird stuff and, and people yep. can't touch me anymore. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Although I still run into the thing where it's like, there are a lot of, law enforcement officials where they will only talk about it if they're retired. So a lot of the guys, they, they're like, I'm retired now. Like there is an, a thing there where they don't want to talk about it if they are not retired. You want to know what that's interesting. You said that because I was calling about, about I think five years ago, there was a Bigfoot case where supposedly a Bigfoot went to a very tiny village in Nebraska, about 99 people went to a cemetery 
tore down this like Vietnam flag and braided it. Oh yeah. And, uh, and you know, it made like, if somehow the story went viral and it was a guy from York, Nebraska who wrote the article. So of course I called him and he told me, he was like, look, I just thought the story was fun. You know, I put it on a Wednesday, you know, page three in the Wednesday edition. And he said he got so many people from the general, from the County he lived in with stories Whoa. of Bigfoot going back to the seventies. One was that his, his best friend who he grew up with a young girl. She said when she was like 17 driving a country road, that Bigfoot picked up the back of her car. He said a retired police officer said that he took many reports back in the eighties of, mm. of, of a Bigfoot type creature. So that totally corroborates with what you're saying um, in terms of the retired law enforcement. But you know, honestly, calling reporters and writers who write about this stuff, you can talk to them about the case, but because they wrote it, people come up to them and tell them stories. And I find that if you're a researcher out there, call journalists because they may have follow-up stories that they never published. Oh, that's so. So here's the thing about listeners. I'm sure you know this about Steve, your host, but Steve has like the best research advice that you've ever heard. Is so Aww. good. So like. You you gave me you gave advice when you were on my show. Uh-huh. I think this is advice you gave about like historical societies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yes, so call everyone. There's one in my town, and I was like, okay, they're only open on Sundays, two to five. I'm gonna make it happen. So I go yeah. over and like we're she's just hanging out, little old lady, super nice, and she's just waiting for someone to come in, right? So I go in and like we're talking about civil war stuff and she's like, so what brings you in here? And I'm like, well, actually I talked to people about Bigfoot and I was, I'm about to do a library presentation about Bigfoot. And I was wondering if Earlham has any Bigfoot stuff. Right. And she's like, well, I don't think so. And I was like, well, actually there was a sweet Bigfoot hoax here in 1978. And I told her about that, but she was like, well, if you're into weird stuff, uh, we don't have Bigfoot. But this used to, so this historical society is in a um, two room brick schoolhouse. And Uh she's like, well, after this was a schoolhouse, it turned into a Masonic temple. I was like, here we go. Oh, really? I was like, you don't have any of that stuff around, do you? And she's like, well, you know, if you got extra time, we could always go upstairs. And I'm like, all right, I got the time. So we go upstairs and like we go around the corner and she's like, yeah, that's the room that was locked where they did all their stuff in. Who knows? Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I look around the corner and there's this casket. I'm like, so what's the casket for? And she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. There's also an embalming uh, mortuary (laughs) exhibit. I was like, oh, good, because I thought this was going to get real weird. But then around the other corner, they actually had robes, the Masonic signs. They had this like inortly carved wooden Mason Masonic symbol box. And she's like, I don't even know if these are supposed to be on a display, but they left them. I was like, keep displaying them then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly that, that, and that is truly Jeremiah been my experience where I will go and libraries just as much. Small town libraries are basically a historical society. Some counties yeah. don't have them, but um, I will go there asking a question about something specific about a UFO case or, you know, whatever. And 
sometimes I won't find what I'm looking for, but I'll come away with five other things I had no idea existed. Five other stories or five other leads of other things to like, you know, look into. Yeah. The the small town sources of historical societies and libraries are invaluable. And as libraries are getting shut down and people don't use them and they stop getting funded, everyone go support your library, get a library card. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, these people, these librarians are absolute gems of human beings. Love them. So good. Yeah. So uh, you you uh, your podcast started out, out as more of a kind of an all-purpose cryptozoology podcast. Right. And so once you're a cryptozoology fan, you never lose that. You've just kind of chosen to follow, you know, kind of hone it, hone into the Bigfoot thing, which I love. Being specific is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And you just do it, do such a great job. I, I love how the mix of formats on your show and the giving list, you know, experiencers a place to share is just such a beautiful thing to me. But is there other like, you know, cryptids out there in other cryptid, you know, cases in Iowa that kind of stand out to you or even Massachusetts where you're formerly from or formerly or originally from? That's, that is a great question. Multi-tier. So, it sorry. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it's weird, right? Cause like first, what feels like so long, I have really, really focused in on the Bigfoot thing. But it's like every once in, you know, I would say my original love is still the Van Meter Visitor. And it's so much fun. I mean, it's like, guys, if you've never heard about this, like, small regional Iowa cryptid, it is just the the coolest how, you know, in... Mm -hmm. How it was just a winged cryptid that was messing with the town and... People were trying to shoot at it with guns, and it finally yeah, got. Yeah, this is in 1903. Yeah, right? 1903, and and yeah, yeah. The summary is great. Please keep going. So crazy, and it it's just it's such a fun festival, and like just to think that well, they casted a footprint, and maybe someone still has the footprint in their in, in their uh, in their basement, even though it might be yeah. disintegrated. But just like that it's got that little mystery part of it. And so I love the, the Van Meter visitor and Van Meter is such a weird little town. Like, you know, there's other oh, weird yeah. stuff that, that goes on in that town besides the fact that there was a winged cryptid that terrorized the town for a week in 1903. Uh, right. There's also been a, uh, a lady approached me and was like, Hey, have you ever heard of the specter that was seen around Van Meter? Uh, I've got a, there's a picture of it that was sent to me. And I was like, yeah. And so supposedly there was a a picture taken of a a lady dressed in an all white dress, like just randomly walking down the streets at night of Van Meter. Classic lady in white that goes back thousands of years too. And uh, I want to say in the, there was used to be a, some sort of ghost scene and I want to say the high school as well. And then there's a documentary 19 called 1903 by Josh Hurd, where there's actually multiple UFO uh, sightings around uh, Van Meter, actually around where the mine is, where, you know, yeah, which, really weirdly enough. Yeah. If you go further down that road, there's been UFO sightings. So it, and that's right by Raccoon River, where supposedly there's the serpent who lives in yes. Raccoon River, right? So <laughs> it makes you wonder. It's like a few people have brought this up. It's like, you know, are there ley lines under Van Meter? Like, why? What's with all this like 
this weird stuff in this little community where it's like you have to drive kind of down into a valley. It's like, what's going yeah. on in this town yep. that over the years, continual weird stuff. I don't know, man. Well, you know, that, that, that is a good point because when you, you know, at least when I'm driving there from Omaha, it is, you know, I'm all, I'm on the highway, blah, blah, blah. You get off and then you have to drive about, what is it, like 10, eight or eight miles in inland to go to this little town. And it does feel like it's off by itself. It's, it's like weird. its own little world. There is definitely a weird uh, vibe in that town. And I, I'm saying that in a loving way because mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really pretty. The houses are like the neighborhoods are super cute. And like, you know, it's just, it's, they take good care of the town, but like there is a weird history and it's not just the Van Meter visitor. And I will say this to you listeners, um, cause I, we don't have time to really go into the whole story, but right. that is a story you should seek out and just read about at least the Wikipedia page. Cause it is a very fun one. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it is a fun one for sure. Right. Um, so I wanted to kind of ask, get your, you know, take on some pressing Bigfoot questions I always have. Uh, right, right. There's a researcher. No, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, this is all fun. This is just, we're just speculating, man. Right, uh, right. But like there, there's a researcher I love, Stan Gordon, who mostly kind of writes about Pennsylvania and sure. Southwestern Pennsylvania. And he's got a wonderful book called Silent Invasion. And it's about the UFO and Bigfoot flap in 1972 and 73. Hmm. And there are, I mean, maybe saying a lot isn't right, but like there are a good number of fairly compelling Bigfoot stories where Bigfoot is seen in conjunction with UFOs. And there's one especially that I love where there was like 15 witnesses outside of Uniontown, Pennsylvania, where my wife happens to be from. And they, like 15 people see a red saucer land in a field next to a barn. A few kids go up with they get guns, go over the hill to look at it. And then they see two like eight foot tall looking Bigfoot walking along the fence line mm -hmm. and where there's like, you know, a flying saucer scene. And then there's other cases from this time where, you know, Bigfoot and UFOs are seen together. And it kind of makes you think about a lot of these the kind of weirder aspects of Bigfoot in general, where people will see orbs kind of experience this kind of brain zapping thing or, some people even say they're like telepathically communicating with the Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And there is just kind of a high strange aspect. And I'm not saying I don't, it's not a flesh and blood creature. That very well could be the case. I don't know what any of this stuff means or is, but it's hard to ignore some of the weirder sides to Bigfoot encounters. And I know while they're rare, I think they do exist. And I wonder, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. So, so Bigfoot is, is such an interesting thing, right? Because it's, what I feel it's one of the, the last great mysteries, which is why we're all into it. Right. And also mm -hmm. there are no right or wrong answers. So that's why, like, if you read, uh, um, there's a book I want to say, is it where the footprints end by Joshua yes. Cutchin and Timothy and Renner? Tim Renner. Great. Those two books one are of the, wonderful. It, it needs to be on every Bigfooters bookshelf. And I, I, We'll Could probably get more. flack for that, but I don't care because it is fantastically yeah. written and such a wealth of high strangeness Bigfoot. So, yeah, there are accounts, and I've taken some as well, where like a gentleman was telling me once where they were on an expedition and they saw a blue orb in front of them and it was just mm -hmm. kind of hanging out, moving around, right? And then they hear something behind them and there's a Bigfoot there with its arm and its hand outstretched 
controlling the orb. And it's like, I don't know how to wow. answer that because, right. <laughs> you know, obviously people are seeing something, especially in the Chestnut Ridge area of Pennsylvania. And you're talking about you got it. Stan Gordon. Now, I met him at Monster Fest last year in Ohio. Oh, no way. He's a legend. He's the man. nicest dude, but it's like, uh, I love him. Man, the guy has been taking reports for years and years. And so, you know, there's no right or wrong answers for for Bigfoot. And while personally, I, I think my personal opinion is that we're looking at some kind of like great ape type animal, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing right. is, is that there are some animals in this world that are weird beyond belief. And I mean, look at the platypus, right? Or look at the echidna yeah. where, you know, Omaha Zoo just went there and the echidna exhibit it can actually sense electricity through a sensor in his snout which is what? just fascinating right but it's like who's to say that a bigfoot even if it is a flesh and blood creature couldn't be doing weird stuff that totally right. blows our minds and then yeah the whole ufo thing well you know there's some people i've heard say where like uh maybe You've got the aliens and the UFOs. Maybe the Bigfoot is like their pet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Sure, why not? Why, yeah, why exactly. Not? Like, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say no to, to anything because, like, who wants to be the guy at the end of all this when it's like we do finally figure out what's going on? Where you were like, oh no, Bigfoot is totally only like a a great ape in Southeast Oklahoma. You know. Right. Right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and, and the thing is, it's pr the funny thing about it, if we ever do get any clarity on what Bigfoot is, it's probably something none of us have even thought of. <laughs> like, we were all wrong. It's like, it's kind of everything. Which would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool if we it were all It would be wrong? great. Oh, it would be. Because, I mean, like, that's the thing about, and I, I, I totally appreciate your answer and echo a lot of what you're saying. Because I think with certainty and like everything we talk about in the show is just kind of like, I, I love, I'm an all purpose weirdo, which I say all the time, but like, yeah. you know, I do love all unexplained things and I am not certain about any of it. I'm agnostic to all of it. We're like, I think there's something to it. I just don't know what it is, what it represents or what it means. And you know, part of me is like, I feel like at this age and stuff like that, I'm not sure if we're going to get clarity, mm -hmm. but I'm okay with that because the mystery is fun to chase. It is fun to chase, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's just yeah. the best, the best rabbit trail. It is. It yes. is. It is. So, you know, you mentioned with um, Tate and I thought, guys, he, he made a great film called, it's a series called Searching for Sabe. Is that what? Is I think that it's right? so. It, it started like that, and I think it ended up as Sasquatch: A Search for Sabe. Okay, because Sasquatch keywords cold. keywords are important. So they are. Oh, gosh, <laughs> right? I don't think about those things. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. But I thought that documentary was really um, it's great. Well done, and I thought he really caught like you. You could tell you were so excited because this is your first. Oh my goodness! Like expedition, you know, out the forest, and you know there was trepidation, and there was just like you know you were you were very real on camera. Well mm -hmm. done, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but you know real. I really enjoyed it. You know because I, I I do find a lot of these kind of um, DIY high strange projects are they pull me in in a way that televised ones do not mm -hmm. once a commercial come break comes on i'm sort of out of it yep. but like i for some reason love watching people 
outside at night doing scary things. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, and I was I was like frightened for you guys. I was like, you guys, man, be careful. <laughs> like, did you feel scared? I mean, like you know, like it's when you were out there. Like so, once once the sun started setting, and it got really weird, Steve, because we were our plans were to like go out in the woods because we were like way out in the woods and like we had to drive 20, 25 minutes in through the woods to get to where we were camping out. So we were way, way out there and we were like, okay, we're going to go on this like expedition outside of camp. And then all of a sudden we're like waiting for it to get darker. And then it's like, bam, huge tree pushed over in front of our, our campsite and to the point what? where I was like, who just lit off a firework? And Tate's like, there's no fireworks around here. And I was like, it was that loud. It freaked me out. And I was like, yeah, it's just someone pushed over a huge tree in front of our campsite. And so it, we didn't, we didn't really, I mean, it just stuff started happening right around the campsite. We, we didn't even have to really go anywhere. It was crazy. Good. Yeah, because I mean, like going into that forest at night, I was like, I don't know about that. That's <laughs> that seems a little dicey, man. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, like I want to believe that I'd had the courage to run in there, you know. But uh, geez, Louise, when I hear a tree like cracking down in front of my campsite, I don't know, buddy. <laughs> the one, the one regret I had was uh, one of my friends was like, "You got to play a baby cry noise." at night and see what happens i was like i'm not doing that and now i wish i had because how i mean oh i don't know but yeah that it might be you might you might call up something that you that's not bigfoot that you really don't want i don't know yeah (laughs) that's the thing right so i don't know but kind of have a regret but we'll see maybe some other time well i i do do you have do you want is this something you want to try to do more oh absolutely so yeah and i'll tell you to the fact where so the goal is to go full time with the podcast, like every podcaster has that dream. But I'm right. like actively pursuing it, and mm-hmm. to the point where, like, you know, starting in March, um, started making some some really uh, important life physical dis- uh, health decisions. Right. And so one of the main the main reason was you know be around more for my family longer, right? Great yeah. reason. But then yeah, the other one was I don't want to be the guy that's just stuck at camp. And that can't go out in the woods because I'm like overly overweight. So it was like, you know, so far, I think I've lost almost 25 pounds. Oh my God. That's incredible. Congratulations. Because I'm getting like all these, uh, these people are like, come out with us bigfooting. You know, we listen to your podcast. We need to get you out more where it's crazy. And so, yeah, it's so I can start going to the crazy stuff, not just in Iowa, but like, well, think of the area, and I probably have been invited to it. So that's amazing, yeah, buddy. You really, I think this is so beautiful that your, you know, passion for future adventure has caused you to become healthier. Totally, <laughs> what a great result, you know. If like, yeah, see, that's what I'm telling you. Getting into this stuff, guys, you know, like it's like we all get bogged down with work, life, and responsibilities, but like it is important to have a passion in life. Because it, 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 the result is a healthier, healthier life. You know, like this is wonderful to hear. But also, talk to your doctor before you you drop twenty five <laughs> pounds, because this is not medical yeah. advice. 
<laughs> well, if it's not but medical you know. advice, I mean, you know, but use it as a metaphor just right, to clean right, up right. any kind of, you know, we all have uh, faults and follies. So like, you yeah. know, if you want to do something and something's holding you back, well, you know, don't let it absolutely go for it. I think, I think that's a very inspiring. Absolutely. Um, good for you. Good for you. Um, well, man, I can't thank you enough for giving me your time to be on my little show. This has been so much fun. Mm. It's been a fun, fun chat. I'm I'm glad that we were able to to finally uh, have it happen, and I can't wait to uh, until I see you next. I think, well, definitely September. Definitely September. The other thing, I'm hoping I can make it. I just don't know. I, there's a I have a work potential commitment mm. that might mess that whole thing up. But I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. So I'm still hopeful that I'll get to do this thing that I can't talk wink, about wink. On air right now. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it's uh, cool, dude, listeners. <laughs> I, I just want to say before I hand the mic off to you one last time, the Bigfoot Society podcast is a must listen. He really, you know, he does, Jeremiah does such a great job of providing this really like judgment free, good vibe, you know, not pushing, you know, an agenda of any person he has on. It's just a really well done podcast and very informative. And if you love Bigfoot and you love Bigfoot stories and also hearing some of the luminaries in the world talk about it, you must check out his show. Jeremiah, is there anything you want to plug, my man, before we sign off? Absolutely. So uh, thank you for those kind words and for having me on. Uh, So if you're listening to this, uh, first, you need to reach out with Steve about what you have, you know, if you've seen uh, Bigfoot in, in, Nebraska, any of that good stuff, make sure Steve knows. But also, if you want, reach out to me. If you have a, a personal Bigfoot encounter you would love to share, please reach out to me, bigfootsociety at gmail.com. You can find Bigfoot Society on any major podcast platform and uh, also on YouTube as well. Uh, subscribe on all those. And uh, yeah, I have new episodes out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it is a great time. So I love it. Yeah, it is. It's so fun. I listen to every episode, never miss it. Mm. Look forward to it, guys. It is a beaut. Jeremiah, thank you so much for coming on, my man. I hope this, no matter what, I'll be seeing you this fall. So I look forward to it, pal. Let's go break some bread. Oh, yeah. All right. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.